Well, good morning again. Good to see all of you this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Before the message this morning, I want to share a very encouraging story with you from last week. Many of you know Brian Andrus's sister, Leah, was facing surgery. And uh, the doctors have been very forthcoming with her and the family, saying that uh, she was probably looking at, at cancer in her kidney. Um, so last week, she was able to be here with some of the other members of Brian and his family. And I need to tell you a little bit of the perspective of what was the Lord was doing in my heart because as I was preparing to take them out into the hallway and, and pray over her for her surgery upcoming and all of that, I just had this overwhelming sense from the Lord that I needed to give them uh, comfort and confidence as they were facing this. And that... I needed to let them know that God had this and that everything was going to be okay. Well, you got to understand, from the time I started walking from here to there, I'm like having this conversation with God. I'm like, God, I can't do that. I said, what if I give them false hope? What, 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 if, what if I tell them everything's going to be okay and then everything's not okay? I, you know, and God, you, you could just, God's like, Jeff... I'm God. Do it. It's like, okay. So we get out there and I shared with them, you know, the confidence that God was giving me and everything was going to be okay. And then Thursday morning was their surgery up at Mayo. So all the way up, I'm driving in the car and I'm like, God again was saying, when you get there to the hospital and you have prayer with Leah and you talk to the family, same thing, Jeff. I want you to instill confidence and give them comfort and tell them I've got this. Everything's going to be okay. So right before the surgery, you know, the surgeon comes in and he, again, is just very forthcoming. He, he looks right at Lee, says, now, you know, we're telling you 99% sure that this is cancer. And he said, we're just going to try not to have to take out your entire kidney, you know, during this surgery. So obviously, a little bit after that, we, you know, we've already had prayer and all that. We say our goodbyes, they give her the happy juice, and we're out of there. Several hours later, the surgeon comes back after surgery, and he tells the family, Leah was the 1%. (laughs) Amen. There was no cancer detected at all, and He even shared with the family, we at Mayo see a lot. He said, we have never seen this before. He said, we were absolutely convinced that this was cancer, and it was not. And then he went on to tell the family, in all my years of doing surgery, this was the easiest surgery I've ever done. Can we just say praise the Lord to that this morning? Yeah. So we're just continuing to pray for Leah's recovery and rejoicing at what the Lord did. And I know Brian would just uh, 
just love to share with any of you that want to talk to him more about maybe some of the other details about it, but it, it was just it was just an amazing experience to be a part of, and I had nothing to do with it, but it was just cool to, you know, just see God. God still does miracles, amen? He still does miracles. He still heals. That's our God, and we saw it last week, and we as a church were a part of that. Second Corinthians chapter 6 this morning, we're going through the book of 2 Corinthians, learning from the Apostle Paul and his ministry what it means to be a servant of the Lord and learning to be a servant. And today, Paul wants to talk to us about our heart. Ooh, that's going to be hard, isn't it? Because matters of the heart are hard, you know. The Bible says the heart is that, that not just that physical organ that pumps blood, but it is sort of the, the place where the source of all of our life flows out of. Our emotions, our desires, our wishes, all of that flows out of our heart. That's why the Bible tells us to guard our heart. Because it is of such value, because it is the wellspring of our life, and because it is always under attack and vulnerable to so many other things. But that's what the Apostle Paul wants to talk to us about today, is our heart. Notice what he says to the Corinthians, beginning in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. He says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians... Our heart has been opened wide to you. Our affection for you is not restricted, but you are restricted in your affections for us. So at the end of verse 13, notice what he says. Open wide your hearts to us also. Then go over to chapter 7 and verse 2, where Paul says, Make room for us in your hearts. Then at the end of verse 3 of chapter 7, you are in our hearts so that we die together and live together with you. Wow. Paul is basically saying to the Corinthians, you have my heart, but I don't have yours. And we're going to talk about why that is in just a moment. But why is the heart so important? Why is it important that our heart be kept open and not restricted? Because in order to serve the Lord, you and I always have to have a heart that is open, first of all, to the opportunities that God wants to lead us into. Our heart's got to be open when God says, Jeff, I I want you to do this, or Jeff, I, I want you to do that. We have to have an open heart to those things. We also have to have an open heart to others. That when God impresses upon us or leads us by saying, I want you to open up your heart to this person. Now again, the Bible's not saying, well, we just open up our heart to anything and everything and just let it all come in. No. But at any and all times, our heart should be in a condition spiritually where we can be opened to whatever person or whatever opportunity or thing God has for us. 
And just like physically, our hearts can become blocked or clogged or restricted, just like physically, you know, it's obviously not a good thing to be in whenever the doctors discover a blockage in our heart that is preventing the blood from flowing and circulating through our body in a proper way. That causes a lot of problems and, and, and it needs to be discovered and we need to get in there and we need to have surgery done so that we can get those blockages taken care of so that we can physically live at a maximum level. Well, the same thing is true spiritually, Paul is saying. If you and I are going around with some blockage spiritually in our heart, some restriction something that's clogging our heart before the Lord and before others, then you and I cannot do what Paul's doing here, which is opening up his heart to the Corinthians and opening up his heart to the opportunities that God is giving him. And there's many reasons for that. Let's first look at one side of it and use Paul as an example. Some of you here today are having a hard time opening up your heart because of something you have done. Some failure in your life that you cannot get over or get past. You still are carrying guilt and shame and, and baggage from something that was in the past that you have done or you have said or whatever, and... You're not over it yet. It is restricting and clogging and blocking your heart from being open to what God has for you now or maybe even the people that God has for you now in your life because you've shut down and your heart is not open. Paul was a great example of that only from a positive side. I mean, remember this guy's past. He was a chief persecutor of the church of God. He actually rounded up Christians before he became a Christian himself and saw many people murdered and martyred for the cause of Jesus Christ. And he was the sole ringleader of that. And yet notice how God has used him. Many people believe that Paul, the apostle, may be the greatest Christian who ever lived. How was he able to do that? Well, he was able to unblock that which could have kept him restricted in serving the Lord and being open to the opportunities that God had for him. But he did something that we're going to talk about in a moment. So we could see it from that angle. But there's also the angle of some of you may have a restriction or a clogged or a blocked heart spiritually because of what others have done to you. They have hurt you. They have caused you pain. And after that, you have basically shut off your heart and shut down because of that hurt and because of that pain. And there's a blockage there. And you can't truly open up your heart to God to receive His love, 
to receive what He wants to give you or to open up your heart to anything or anybody else because you've never really dealt with that hurt or pain properly and been able to package it away properly and be able to move beyond it. As a pastor for 34 years, I've also seen this. I've seen so many people who have experienced loss in their life. And that caused a blockage of their heart. Talk about grieving. The Bible tells us that when we lose a loved one or we experience loss, it's perfectly acceptable to go through a season and period of grief. But you and I have to learn to do that properly so that there comes a point where we move on and we don't live the rest of our lives in this unhealthy grieving to where we can never really open up our heart the way we should. And we miss out on so much when we don't keep our heart unblocked or unclogged or unrestricted. So many things can affect the heart. And folks, if you and I don't learn to deal with our heart in a proper biblical way, the way God prescribes us to deal with it, then we will end up being a bunch of people who have, like the Corinthians, these restricted hearts to where God wants to open up His heart to us, we're shut down. Others want to open up their heart to us, we keep closed up because we have not dealt with matters of the heart in a proper way. Paul was also not only one who hurt others, Paul was one who had been hurt and knew what hurt was. Remember when Paul finally did turn to Christ, many of those who were once his friends turned their backs on him. In fact, many of them tried to kill him after he became a Christian. How'd you like to process that? We know that Paul was let down in a basket, you know, escaping from the clutches of those that wanted to see him dead. And then even after he became a Christian and he got involved in serving and ministering, many people hurt him. Many Christians hurt him. He says, Demas forsook me, having loved this present world. He says, at my first defense, no other Christian stood me. Thank you, God, that you stood with me. But I looked around and nobody else was by my side. See, there were many times where Paul could have said, I have been hurt, I've experienced pain, I'm shutting my heart down. But Paul learned very early on in his walk with Christ how to deal with these matters of the heart and how to do it in a proper way so that he could be someone who continually lived with an open heart to God so that he could receive what God had for him, so that he could truly receive the love of God and never shut it out, so that he could have an open heart towards opportunities and towards others, so that he could experience to the very fullest the full life, the abundant life that God had for him. But when you and I do not learn how to handle matters of the heart properly, we begin to shut our heart off to God and to others, and we miss out on so much. And that's why this is so central to learning to be a servant of the Lord. Because you and I, 
will never be able to touch other people's heads or hands in order to inspire and, and motivate and, and affect them in, in anything if we first don't open up our heart to them. You see, they've got to know that we truly love and care about them first. Then the head will start to be affected. Then the hands, if you will, will start to be affected. But if people don't think you truly love them or care about them, then that relationship and and any kind of effect or influence that you and I could have on their head, the way they think, or on their hands, their actions and attitudes and all of that will be very superficial. It will not go to any depth because they first got to see that we love and care about them. And so let me also say this to the church, to a group that represents part of the church of the Lord today. You and I are living in a day that is very cold and very unloving and where hate and everything predominates. And I am saying this to all of us. If we're going to affect people for the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not going to come by hating them and judging them and criticizing them. It's going to come by loving them. The way God loves us, even while we were still sinners. It is when they see that we have a heart. Because you'll never affect someone's head or hands until they see your heart. Well, how does that happen then? How, How, Jeff... Can I get over the things that I've done that I am continually carrying this baggage from my past? Or how can I get over the things that others have done to me so that I can get to this place? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And let's begin in verse 8. I don't have time to go into it this morning, but something happened relationally between Paul and the Corinthians. And Paul wrote a letter between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. It was a pretty intense, pretty emotional letter. It has been called by some theologians his severe letter. He talks about that in verse 8. He says, even if I made you sad by my letter, I do not regret having written it, even though I did regret it. You and I have been there where we said something and then we thought, ooh, maybe that was a little hard. I've even been that way as a pastor sometimes on Sundays and Wednesdays where I walk away going, I hope these folks know that everything I said, I said because I loved them, not because I was trying to be mean-spirited. That was Paul. He says, even though I did regret it for a time, for I see that my letter made you sad. Though only for a short time. Verse 9. Now I rejoice, not because you were made sad, but because you were made sad. Here's key words. To the point of repentance. For you were made sad as God intended, so that you were not harmed in any way by us. For sadness as intended by God produces a repentance that leads to salvation, having no regret, but worldly sadness brings about death. 
Paul's using terms that many Christians only associate with our initial moment of salvation, and we've got to get over that. Repentance means so much more than just turning to the Lord the moment I accept Christ as my Savior. You and I can repent and should repent throughout our Christian life. The word repentance simply means turning to the Lord. Turning away from everything and everyone else and truly turning to the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. It also means that when I truly turn to the Lord then I can walk away from my time with Him and I walk now a different path. I I walk a different way. You know, Jesus didn't just say, I'm the truth and the life. He also said, I am the way. And when you and I learn to turn to the Lord in times like this, where we have these matters of the heart that we are dealing with, And we stay there with the Lord until we are released by Him. And we know then that after that time of turning to the Lord, I now can walk down a different path, a different way. That's biblical repentance. And notice Paul says even about the Corinthians, you've changed in the way you feel about me. Because you turned to the Lord and the Lord changed your heart towards me. He said, if you wouldn't have turned to the Lord, you would experience, just like many people, the sadness of the world that only brings death. It it only brings that sense of dying inside. Because we've never really truly dealt with it by turning to the Lord And staying with the Lord until you and I can walk away from there and have the Lord having healed and and repaired our heart to the point where we won't be the same person that we were with our heart when we turn to the Lord. We're going to walk now a different way, a different path, have a different attitude and look at things and others differently having been there with the Lord for as long as we need to be there. And have him do a work on our heart. Let me say this. One of the problems I have seen in the Christian community even for years is this. We will turn to a counselor or counseling instead of turning to the Lord primarily. I'm telling you, that won't work. I'm not saying that counselors and counseling are not valuable, but they can never replace turning to the Lord. The Lord must be primary. Because many people can do counseling and and see counselors for years and never truly have a change of heart because they never really turn to the Lord. See, counseling and a counselor should be supplemental to turning to the Lord. Let me say this. Many people turn to a pastor or to a church. Again, that's great, but that should never replace turning to the Lord. Because a pastor nor a church can change your heart. Only the Lord can do that. 
Only the Lord can heal a broken heart. Only the Lord can make a heart whole. Only the Lord can repair and restore our heart. These other things like pastors and churches and counseling and counselors and friends and fellow Christians are all wonderful and we should use them. We are called to bear one another's burdens and to reach out to each other. But we should never do it instead of turning to the Lord. The Lord should always be primary and then allow the Lord to gather other things and other people around us as a supplemental ministry in our life. Because until you and I truly turn to the Lord and let Him begin to work on our heart, then our heart will never change and our way will never change. And we will carry what we have done to others for the rest of our life or we will carry what others have done to us for the rest of our life and it will continue to prevent our heart from being open. It will be like the Corinthians at one point. It will be blocked. It will be clogged. It will be restricted because we never let the Lord really work on our heart. We end up being like many people in the world today who try to deal with their real deep problems on a very superficial level. They they attack the symptoms, but they never really get to the root and depth of what's really going on in their life. And this is exactly the case of what we're talking about here. It's only when you and I turn to the Lord and allow Him to begin to work on our heart does the root and depth of what needs to be repaired and replaced and taken care of really happen. Because only the Lord can do it. Only the Lord is the healer of the broken heart. Only a Lord can change a heart. Only a Lord can transform the heart. Only the Lord can move on a heart that is how it needs to be moved to. So look at repentance Not just as that moment you turn to the Lord and ask Jesus to be your Savior. Think of repentance as a necessary, essential thing throughout our Christian life. That anytime you and I have wounded or hurt somebody else, anytime we go through a loss in our life, anytime someone has hurt us in any way, anytime our heart is affected one way or the other, we better learn to turn to the Lord primarily. Because if not, we will go through our life just continuing to see our spiritual heart clogged more and more and more to where we cannot be open the way servants of the Lord need to be open. And when he says here, Paul, the sadness as intended by God produces a repentance that leads to salvation... Again, don't just think of the word salvation when you see it in the New Testament as just talking about that moment, I accept Christ as my Savior and I am saved. The word salvation simply means deliverance, release, being set free. And that's what God wants to see in our lives. He wants us to be released from the things we've done in the past, truly, and have those you know, taken off that that weight and that baggage that we carry. He wants us to be released from the things that others have done to us so that we can walk in in a newness of life and not have those carried around our lives, preventing us from being open 
hearted, you see. And Paul says then, I love this, leaving no regret. Please look at those words. Now listen, Paul's not saying that you and I, humanly speaking, could somehow get to a place where we may not regret some of the things that we've done. We will. And we're not going to be able to physically forget those. That's not what he's talking about here. He's also not talking about the fact, what about those terrible things that maybe others have done to us? Absolutely. We're never going to be able to physically wipe those out of our minds either. But it doesn't mean we have to focus on it. It means we turn to the Lord and let the Lord heal us. And when he says leaving no regret, he's talking here about turning to the Lord. He's saying to us as Christians, you will never regret when your heart needs healed or repaired in some way or moved on or acted upon. You will never regret turning to the Lord. Never. Because only the Lord can heal a human heart. Only the Lord can change a human heart, you see. And how many hearts out there today truly need spiritual surgery? They need to be opened up to God and say, God, do a work on my heart because my heart's not right right now. My heart's still carrying around things that I've done or my heart is still carrying around things that others have done to me or my heart can't get over the losses in my life. And my heart is shutting down and I'm shutting down. And when I shut down, I'll never be able to experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to die for and to resurrect for in my life. It's hard stuff, heavy stuff. But I love how Paul ends all this. He turns to the Corinthians, both in verse 4 of chapter 7 and verse 16, and he says these words, I have great confidence in you, chapter 7, verse 4, and then chapter 7, verse 16, I am fully confident in you. Now, think about it. Here's a group of people that had shut Paul down. There were some relational issues there. They didn't like Paul very much for a time. And yet Paul is turning right around and saying, I have confidence in you all. In what way? He really believes that he's heard that they have already turned to the Lord and their heart has changed towards him. But he's also saying, I have confidence in you that you will continue to do that throughout your Christian life. That when something comes into your life that affects your heart, instead of allowing it to clog your heart and restrict your heart and block your heart from being open, that you will learn to repent that you will learn to turn to the Lord and let the heart, Lord do a work on your heart and to stay in with the Lord and stay as long as you and I need to before we walk away a different way, a different person with a different perspective and a different attitude because we let the Lord 
repair and mend and heal our heart. Some of you here today, today is not the end in one sense. Today to me could be a new beginning for some of you here. Because some of you have come here today and you have come in the condition like the Corinthians. You have some things that have been restricting your heart. Things that have been clogging and blocking your spiritual circulation. And you've just not been able to get on the other side of it and move on with your life because you've turned to a lot of other things in your life, but you never truly turned to the Lord and locked in on Him and really let Him do the work that He needed to do do on your heart so that you could leave in a healthy condition with no blockages, no restrictions, no clogged spiritual arteries. I want to encourage you today, just as the Apostle Paul encouraged the Corinthians, I have confidence in you. That those of you who are here today, you will respond the way God is encouraging you to respond. And then instead of allowing that heart issue to continue to sort of hang over your head like a dark cloud, you will allow the Lord once and for all to bring healing to your heart today. Again, it's not going to end today, but it can start today. I don't know how long it's going to take. That's between you and God. That's even dependent on what we're talking about. Because for some of you, you may be dealing with some things that you have needed to deal with for years and years and years. So that might take a little time. But that's okay. Because you've got to understand... Our God is a God of hope. And all it takes is you turning to Him and things are going to start changing right away. It doesn't mean you're going to get over that in a day or a week or a month, but it means all of a sudden things are going to start changing in your life and you're going to see the difference that turning to the Lord makes. That can start today. Will you let the Lord heal your heart? today. Could we stand and pray? God, I acknowledge that anytime we talk about the heart, it's heavy stuff. Because as we said, the heart is the very center of our being. It is that place in our being that everything else flows out of our will, our desires, our wishes, our emotions, all of that flows out of the heart. God, I pray today that all of us in some way would turn to you like never before. That we would understand you are the healer of human hearts. And it's okay to turn to other people and other things as long as we acknowledge and recognize that those are simply, simply supplemental tools that can be used by you in our healing process, but they can never replace you, God. Only you have the power to truly heal our hearts. 
And I pray today, God, that we will allow you to do that in whatever form, in whatever way that needs to take place in our life today. Because, God, you saved us not just to sit and not just to be spectators, but to serve you. And in order to be effective servants of yours, we need to live with open hearts. We need to always be open to the things that you call us to and the opportunities you present before us and to even be open to the people that you may want to bring into our life. But if we don't deal with these things properly, as your word prescribes, then we go through life with a shut down, shut off heart rather than an open heart. And we miss so very much. Open our hearts today, God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.